Broadcasting to you live from the plains of Texas. You're listening to or watching Midnight Radio. We're shooting to you all the way to Northern Ireland, all the way through to Jerusalem. Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing? So glad you could be here with me today. There. I want to warn you from the beginning that this is going to be a heavy show tonight. Uh, probably one of the heaviest shows I've ever done since I've been on. There have been. Been on here. Hold on, Ashley. You're going to go here in a minute. And it's not just because of the title. It's not just because of Kara Canoodle, which is her last name right now, but because of some of the news stories, about three or four of them, that are popping today that we're going to go over. It's just totally devastating. So get prepared. That is a warning. If some of this content is graphic, some of it is disturbing. That's the kind of night we're going to have. Fruit Loop Friday here on Midnight Radio. Let me start right now. So, yesterday our live was deleted. It had a segment in it I needed to delete out. I needed to edit out, which was just a little part where there was nothing but a cymbal and music playing. But I didn't want to bore people for about three minutes because we're having technical difficulties. So with the YouTube software, I was trying to edit that out, but instead of editing that part out, it deleted everything except for the part that I wanted edited out. So that file is gone. So that being said, I have to say this, uh, it's gone. That's just the way it happens sometimes. Uh, somebody asked me about it, and I told him it didn't really matter. And what I meant by that is not that I wasn't upset that my work got deleted, but that the way YouTube monetizes my show, it doesn't matter. I'll get three or 4,000 views unpaid. You guys see commercials, but it doesn't go to me. It's something that YouTube does. I'm not complaining. I'm just letting you know. That's, that's why I really don't care. So they don't click on monetization for me after they've reviewed it after about 4,000 views, which is about, you know, the average of probably the views we get. So all the... If you guys send money, if you do a cash app, if you do a, a super thanks, um, all that goes to the music radio license, not to me. I appreciate I appreciate you guys a lot doing that. Uh, we haven't received any monetary uh, anything for the show in quite some time. So those of you that did, we, I know we got not every, every amount is appreciated. I know we got 99 cents from the music stream, and I appreciate that. I haven't been talking about money. If you guys want to subscribe, go ahead. Uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe, hit the hit the bell. That way you can join in the conversation. I'm going to join my girl Banfield right now, and I'm going to play a little bit of the interview that we played last night. I want you to think about this, all right? Playing devil's advocate, all right? There's a poll up right there in the chat room right now, and I'm going to go over it. Do you think that Banfield should have interviewed Kara Kernodal? 28% said yes, 60% of you said no, 12% says I can't decide. If you haven't if you haven't clicked on that poll right now and voted, go ahead and do that because this is important. My question to you before I go through what I'm about to bring to you, and I do have some breaking news about um, this lady. I have some breaking news about Kara Kernodal that you might not know yet. Why the hell is it exploitive?
for Banfield to interview her, but it's not exploited for Steve Gonsalves to go on every news agency and give out interviews. Is it because she's a felon? And by the way, there was somebody in chat, bless her heart, who was jumping on people for saying that she was a felon and she was a fugitive felon, a felon on the run. I pulled it up, and yes, she is a fugitive. She was a fugitive. There was a warrant out, active warrant out for her arrest, so she was a fugitive. I put it on that live. Unfortunately, that got deleted, but I will re-put it on this one. I'm about to show it to you here in a minute. But we have some breaking news on that. Why the hell is it exploitive for her to be interviewed by the news, but it's not exploitive for Steve? Is it because? She's used drugs in the past. We don't know if she's still on it. We can assume, but we don't know. Do you think the news agency was exploiting Steve or was Steve exploiting the news agency? By the way, she did give interviews before. She made a statement before, and she's back here doing it again. I'm going to open up the phone lines really soon, and I want you to tell me why you think it is or why it isn't. Is it because people that use drugs don't have a right to talk? Is it because Banfield has something over the mother because uh, the mother might have used drugs or has used drugs and been charged with it in the past? Or do you think Kara sees it as a way like maybe I can get some help? And as you can see, she did because somebody paid her bill after the interview. We don't know who it is, but we do know that that did happen. So who exploited who? Or is it just something in our minds where we think everything should be nice and rosy? There's no give and take. Everything's one way. I don't know, playing devil's advocate here. Somebody asked me, they said, you sure are open with your opinions. And Well, I don't care about my opinions. A lot of people have their opinions, and in their mind their opinions are law. I don't give a flying rat's F about my opinions. I'm not here for my opinions. I'm not. I'm interested in the opinions of that people have that aren't my opinions. I want to know why you think that way. And, and I'm not here to convince you about my opinions. My opinions are worthless. Unless it's something I'm, uh, you know, technically logical about. But in the, in the world here, Midnight Radio, Fruit Loop Friday, where wild-ass speculations and wild-ass theories reign, I'm not here for my opinion. So, this is our girl, Banfield. Right after these clips about Banfield and this new information about care I have for you, I'm going to open up the phone lines because I want a direct answer to the questions I just asked because I want to know. Conflicts of interest with attorneys for far less than this. I mean, let me give you an example. If you think that perhaps some point you want to divorce your spouse and you have a conversation with an, a couple of lawyers, your spouse can no longer retain any of those lawyers just because you had a conversation. So this woman, Kara Northington, whose daughter was violently murdered in Idaho, one of the Idaho four, those four students killed in Moscow at the University of Idaho, she is now facing the reality that the person she trusted most with four of her cases is now representing her daughter's accused killer. Here's that conversation. So Kara... What was your first reaction when you learned that your former attorney is representing the man accused of, of killing your daughter? Uh, I am heartbroken. 
I'm heartbroken because I trusted her. She, uh, she, you know, pretended that she was wanting to help me, and um, and to find that out that she's representing him, uh, I can't even convey how how betrayed I feel. Have you had a chance to speak with her about this? No, no, I, I haven't spoken with her. I found out uh, through a friend who found it on Reddit. So, you found out. You found out through a friend through social media. You weren't notified by um, Ann Taylor, your attorney no. uh, herself. Right now. Uh -uh. And have you tried to reach out to her? Uh, no, I just found out today, literally. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, just so many thoughts. Uh, it, it's so it's so incredible that there is this this connection. Are you going to try to fight this at all? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Because as I understand it, uh, this would require a, a waiver, something that you sign and that, that he would sign in order for her to go ahead and be able to, to do this uh, legitimately. Um, I can imagine the way your reaction uh, is that you, you are not interested in signing a waiver to allow her to continue on. Right, exactly. And, and, and I'd already given her power of attorney I'd already signed over power of attorney so that she could help me with um, with getting into rehab and, and whatnot. And um, so. I got some more information about this too. I'm not going to play this whole clip, but I'm going to play a little bit more. And then I have new ones. I mean, I, I, I don't understand what, how she could do this. I don't understand what happens now. Does she still have power of attorney or or what goes on now. And no one has reached out to you from the public defender's office to, to help you navigate next steps? No, no. Have you been in um, communication with? All right, so I got this email from somebody who's knowledgeable. It says this, note the following. Ann Taylor has represented the mother in four cases since 2017. Two. Ann Taylor advised the court and filed a formal notice of this conflict with the court when she took the case with BK, which the court assigned to her, by the way. The court remediated the situation by assigning another attorney to the mother. Three, perhaps a hearing will take place on this matter. We'll play a little bit more of this clip, and we're going to go to our new one because... Your girl, Ashley, she's got a message for you. The police and prosecutors about the next step in, in this process and where you might fit in? Uh, no, no. And do you want that? Do you want to be in communication with them to, to understand what's happening and, um, and, and what they're going to be doing as they move forward in prosecuting him? Oh, yeah, 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 yes. So no one has reached out to you? No, uh-uh. Not the prosecutors anyway, no. Who have you spoken with? It seems to me, and I'm not trying to be flippant about this, it's obvious that she's given an interview in her car. It seems like she's been, you know, spending some time in her car, and I want to assume that she's using Wi-Fi from a local rest stop or perhaps Mickey Sneeze to get her Wi-Fi. I saw a picture of her today from 10 years ago, and I was just devastated, absolutely devastated about it. 
I'm, um, I don't think it's right to show media it. media no. has been getting a hold of me. Do you feel like you're being left out of this process? A little bit, yeah. Had you ever heard the name Brian Koberger before? No, I have not, no. And do you know of any connection at all that he might have had with... Somebody in the chat is asking, was Zana's mother desperately trying to get in touch with media? I don't know if she was or not, but I'll tell you what, in the last 24 hours, she's done several interviews that are available on YouTube now, not not that I know from people on YouTube, but with major news agencies. So she's definitely got in contact with them now. I'm not going to play the rest of this because I don't want to. We saw it yesterday. I will put links in the show notes so you guys can check it all out. I'm also going to put links to the full interview. This is not the full interview. So if you've seen it, it's, I think there was somebody in the chat room saying, I don't like the questions that she asked. You know, that's a factor. So perhaps they're talking about the full length interview that Ashley Banfield did with her. Now, Ashley has a message for you after she got raked through the coals on the internet. So here's what she has to say. I will play the full version of this. I want to mention something that a lot of people on social media have been talking about. Um, and I'm going to get very personal here, so just bear with me, if you will. There were a lot of people who were very upset that we ran this interview. And some of the comments that I read upset me because I look at Karen Northington as a woman who has admitted that she has struggled with addiction mightily. She admitted on television that she was in rehab and needed help from her attorney to get there. Um, her struggles are real. And the fact that she lost her daughter to a ghastly crime is real. And she is a victim in all of this. And she deserves a say. She deserves a say from the very get-go because she's been victimized as a family member of a murder victim. And I do not care where she spends her evenings or whether she's been in jail or whether she needed a public defender. She has a voice. She deserves to speak. And when this happened with her attorney, she 100% gets to speak. She has a dog in this fight because her attorney is now representing her daughter's accused killer. Let it sink in. She has a right to speak. She has a case. And I think Ann Taylor has explaining to do. And to that end, we called Ann Taylor's office. Understandably, she can't get back to me. There's a gag order in this case. So she can't respond. But at some point, she's going to have to respond. And for anyone out there who thinks this is somehow sinking the case against Brian Koberger, let me be honest with you. A conflict of interest for a death penalty case can overturn a case. So if you're worried about this, you should be. You should be worried that an attorney who is not fit to serve as an attorney because of a conflict should not be in a death penalty case. Unless the state of Idaho wants to spend a whole bunch more money and a whole bunch more emotion to have to retry this case again. And I am pretty sure nobody wants that. Thank you for watching. Go to. She said thank you to me. You know, I have a feeling that. If Nancy Grace was saying these words, she'd say it in a much harsher way and make you cry. I'm just saying. So this was, that was before, and this is now, and I got, well, something that's happening, well, right now, actually. 
somebody is being released from jail. Her name is Kara. Boom. Boom. All right, let me. Oh, what just happened there? Let me make this bigger for you. You want to see this? Somebody asked, is she really a fugitive? Uh, somebody jumped us out in chat yesterday about her being a fugitive or not. And, well, here you go. Go away. Anyway, there she is. This is active warrants. Oh, my goodness. There we go. That's better. Carnoodle, Kara. Her name is still Carnoodle. She didn't change her name back. So she's my age, y'all. She's my age. You look at the pictures. Anyway, this is an active warranted person, and she wasn't in custody, and she didn't pay bail. That means she's a fugitive from justice. I put the link in the show note that got deleted, but um, there you go. I looked at some of these others, and they're quite shocking. I'm looking at all these people, and they're all drug offenses mostly, and it's hard to look at. It's hard to look at. So somebody was there's some people that were in chat and saying, What does a drug issue have to do with, you know, this Cole Berger case? And maybe it doesn't, but I'm telling you what, it's sad as hell. Look at these look at this. This is a Vulcan. What's going on here? Ladies, don't nobody the surprise look isn't in this season. I'm not trying to make fun of these people. I'm not. That's I'm that's not my point. I'm just trying to say that there is a real problem. Guys, do you see a problem here? Do you see a conflict of interest? I had to go through 68 pages to find that. This is sad. And if you see the picture of Kara from 10 years ago, uh, it, it is really sad. I don't, I don't think it's right for me to share that. Maybe I should do another poll if you guys think I should share that with you guys or not. Uh, let me know. All right. More from for you that little picture that keeps popping up is this and this is bell posted for Kara so she was a felon she's not anymore who paid it this is as of today the caption on this is hmm wonder who paid Ashley Banfield Brian Enton Zana Carnoodle funeral and took I don't know what the rest of it says but here you go, scheduled, this is as of 11.27. Uh, on the, the 19th, that was the current arrest date. Mm, this is what's going around. I don't see that remaining bond due. So it's a hundred thousand dollars. Has it been paid? I got another one here. People are saying it's been paid. Now, if that's true or not, now me looking at this closer, I'm not sure if it's been paid or not. I'm gonna go ahead and open up the phone lines. 
for those who want to talk talk about this, just tell me. I'm not here to argue with you because I don't have a side in this. I want to know your opinion, though. 325-261-0892. Or you might have called me while I've been talking. All right, let me see what I got here. Let me go ahead and open that up. I will talk with you. Then I will shut the phone line down. We will continue. All right, phone line is now open. Jerry is ready to take your calls. If you should want to. All right, continuing on here. The stories I've got don't get better. They get worse. So, warning. The following content is graphic. Well, I mean, you're not going to see blood or anything, but at least mentally graphic. But it's worth us having it in the conversation for sure. Welcome back. We are learning tonight that the Massachusetts mother accused of strangling her five-year-old daughter and three-year-old son has been officially charged now. We're also learning that 32-year-old Lindsay Clancy was actually born and raised here in Connecticut. According to school officials and records, Lindsay Clancy, formerly Lindsay Musgrove, is from Wallingford. She graduated from Lyman Hall High School back in 2008 and Quinnipiac University in 2012. Now here's what we know about the case so far. First responders arrived at the home at around 6 p.m. Tuesday after Clancy's husband called 911 reporting his wife had jumped out of a window. First responders discovered Clancy's three children unconscious with signs of trauma. Five-year-old Cora Clancy and three-year-old Dawson Clancy died in the home while the couple's seven-month-old son is still being treated at a hospital. Clancy herself is also still in the hospital and her condition remains unknown. Meanwhile, the community is still in shock. They were like uh, so innocent and uh, helpless. It's almost something you can't wrap your mind around. Uh, kids that are the same age, so it's just, it hits home. You almost don't even know what to think. It's just kind of blank for a little while. A candlelight vigil will take place in Duxbury tonight to offer prayers for the Clancy family, their friends, and the first responders who came to their home during Tuesday's tragedy. Again, the Plymouth County District Attorney's Office announced late last night that Lindsay Clancy faces charges, including two counts of homicide and three counts of strangulation. She remains in police custody. Another mother ended the lives of her own children. I recently wrote an article about this. And the article is called Murdering Mothers When Mothers Murder. From, mo murders, from Mother to Murderous. It's a tongue twister, it is. Uh, here, here's the alarming facts about mothers that murder. You can see the chart here. Children being murdered by their mothers is not only on the rise, but mothers acting alone in the deaths of their children are the number one killers of their ch children, says a report issued by the Statista Research Department. You can read this to get all the statistics here. In 2017, there was an average of 500 children who were murdered a year by their parents, with men leading at 57.4%. But now, it's reversed. And the number of children that die a year are a lot more than... 500 at the hands of their parents, but it's mostly their mothers. 
So this is an alarming trend. This story is alarming. That this mother took the lives of her children, but it is a warning. Just a horrific story. A young mother now accused of killing her two young children and critically injuring her baby at their home in Duxbury. And here to help us talk about this, talk about the shock from all of the details on this is Dr. Manuel Pacheco, a psychiatrist at Tufts Medical Center. We're glad you're here. We're glad to talk with you uh, about this to try to help process it. Hey, doctor. Do hey doctor, great to see you. And thanks for your time. And, and let me state the obvious. This, there's still a lot that we don't know right. about what happened last night, but the details that we do know and we have so far are devastating. We have a five-year-old girl, her three-year-old brother, both strangled to death, a seven-month-old boy airlifted to Boston Children's, and then their mother, trying to take her own life, jumping out a window. It, it is in a package. You'll notice in this interview, this is a psychiatrist, and he is having a lot of trouble with this story and talking about it. He breaks down several times. This is a powerful, powerful clip. A nightmare. So yeah. what kind of support will this community need, especially in these first few days? Well, Ed and Maria, this is a common problem in people that if there was an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, five a three-year-old, and an eight-month-old, uh, about eight out of ten mothers and fathers that have kids can have something called the baby blues, which is just usually feeling overwhelmed and having difficulties with sleep. That usually goes away within about two weeks to a month. About seven out of ten Mother, new moms and dads can have postpartum depression, which is much worse and can lead to feelings of suicide and uh, not taking care of the baby well. And that can resolve in about six months to a year, and about 80% of those people can recover. Um, I just wanted to put that out. I don't know all the specifics about this right, case. Right, that is but, still being uh, investigated, yeah. and the district attorney has not confirmed yeah. that yet. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've taken care of a lot of cases like this over my career. Um, you never get over dealing with it. And, uh, you know, uh, the important thing with first responders and other people that are involved in this in the community is talk to each other, support each other, uh, try to offer help to the family as much as possible for the first responders that are involved, uh, there's resources throughout your department. And just like everybody else, you can call the 988 hotline and uh, you know talk to your primary care doctor to try to see a psychiatrist if you need help. But here's the important thing, Anna Maria, and I know I'm talking a lot more than you want me to, but- No, no, we want, we want to suicide, hear it. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And- uh, so he said that there, and I've heard that before. Uh, S is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And I don't feel like I agree with that. I don't think it's a solution at all. Do you? To me, it's like there's a fly on your table. So you take a hammer and you hit that fly to kill it. You smash the fly but you really destroyed yourself and you're dead. It's not what you think it is. It's not a solution. I think there, I think that thought is along the lines of being correct, but it, it needs to be changed.
So if you guys know something better than that, think about that. You know, we're here 24 hours a day to take care of people. We'll never surrender. We'll never give up. Come on in. We have people in the emergency room 24 hours a day to help you. Just you're not alone, okay? And people do these things when they feel desperate and they feel they don't have any other options. And I want to tell people, everybody that's hearing me right now, don't give up. I tell people, you come into the hospital 100 times, I'll try to help you 100 times. And the only time we can't help somebody is when they're gone, okay? So this is something I wanted to say the last time when we were talking, unfortunately, about suicide, but it's a temporary solution, suicide to, I mean, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Just come on in because usually whatever is making you feel that way, if you come in and talk to people and spend some time with the doctors and people in the emergency room, that will pass. And uh, we'll, we'll, we're never going to refuse anybody in the emergency room. And it's not going to be easy sometimes to deal with these problems, but we're never going to give up and we're never going to surrender. Doctor, you, you're emotional. We're all emotional. And um, the community is emotional. Strangers who don't know anything, don't know these people. This poor doctor. Look, look at what you just did. We all feel that way inside. And, and you are on the front front lines of that. And the first responders, yeah. to think what they saw. Mm -hmm. I do want to reiterate to everybody, the phone line is open if you want to discuss what we've been going over tonight. If you want to discuss the poll and how you voted, maybe changed your mind. If you think that Ashley Banfield explo exploited Kara and the news cycle is exploiting her by letting her talk, or you think she's somehow being directed in what she wants to say, then go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say about that. If you think that she's not being exploited, that she's able to get her message out there more and get some help, maybe she's doing the exploiting. Now, if she was never been in Xana's life, and now here she is saying what she has to say to get what she needs, whether it be help or money or money for help, money for bail, whatever that is, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this number is three two five two six one zero eight nine two. I hear talk is cheap. In this case, is free. If you have a cell phone plan, give me a call. Let me finish this. I have a I have some more stories to go over. What can you say, if you can, because it obviously impacts you as well, to all of us? A big umbrella. All right. Um, there's somebody here in the chat room that says this, and I don't know if they're talking to me or not, but I'm gonna. I'm going to answer, please don't bag Xana's mom. And she said, mom, so I assume that this is someone from overseas. Would you like to swap positions with her? And I don't know if she's talking to chat. I'm not taking it personally. I don't know if they're talking to me, but I will say this. First of all, thank you for joining us. I'd like it, I'd like it more if you'd call me with things like that. But that's okay. I understand. How would I like to be in her position? Let me tell you something. My father was murdered. So for you to say something like that, and if that's directed to me, you don't know what I've been through. And you don't know what these people have said before you came in or saw what you've had to see, and I doubt you've seen every show I've ever done. And guess how many detectives are out there finding the murder of my father? Zero! So you think before you type in my chat. All right, I'm going to continue right here. Sorry, I get emotional. My father died. This has been a year since he's been dead. All right? 
this is the anniversary was the ending of last week. I'm it's still fresh in my mind. When, when, when you're dealing with something that's so unimaginable. Yeah. We uncovered, we encountered a lot of this after the bombing, and I took care of a lot of people, both victims and first responders after the marathon bombing. And the thing is, is just, just come in. You're not by yourself. We're on, we're on duty 24 hours a day, and I don't want anybody to give up. That's all I can say. Dr. Pacheco, thank you so much. Powerful. For, We're with you, doctor. All right. I get emotional sometimes, especially around this time of year. All right. So this is going to be an emotional show, both for me and for you guys. Just, just so you know, the, I have some crazy stories here. I'm going to continue the story about the lady who unalived her children and then tried to unalive herself. Because I don't want to cover it. I do not want to cover it. I am emotional about this. I do not want to cover it. But it's something that sticks out, screams in my mind. And I look at these headlines and I say, oh my God. And that's what this show is about. For those of you that are new, let me tell you who the hell I am. I am a writer. All right. I'm fueled by PTSD. And, and, you know, family members of mine being murdered. I'm a fiction writer, all right? What I do, before I even got here on the show, and I'm not going to answer that phone call until I'm finished with what I'm going to say, and so please call back. What I do is I go through all these headlines, and I find something that really stands out to me, makes my mind scream, and then I'm passionate enough to write about. So I'm passionate when I get up here, too. That's how it is. And I decided to start doing this live and sharing with you guys what I do every day. So, yes, I am emotional. I'm a good writer. I'm damn good. If you want to go to my website, you can check out some of my work. Some of you that are my writing class tomorrow, we have a writer's workshop, and I'm going to give you some of my writing. I'm going to share more with you, uh, a story I wrote. It's because I can convey my emotions through my writing. These things that we see, these stories that we see, it's like, oh, my God. These things that we talk about every night, it's like, oh, my God. These things that we happen in our lives. Uh, what is it like to go to war? Do you know what it's like to unalive somebody? Because I do. Because guess what? I'm a war vet. I have hands-on on the topic. Do you want to have this conversation? That is what we do here. That's the power of writing. That's the power of speaking. This show is a conversation with you about these issues. It's not easy. I do ask you to be respectful in the chat. That's all I ask. I'll be respectful to you. You guys be respectful to me. I do realize it's going to be hard for some of us sometimes. That person that called you can go ahead and call back, and I will answer you. I just wanted to get that out so people know where we're coming from on this. I'll wait for your phone call. In the meantime, I got another story I want to go over. It's horrific. These stories are horrific. 
New questions in the case of a Mass General Hospital medical assistant who's charged with sexually assaulting two patients. Five investigators has been breaking developments in this story since last week. Let's get to our Karen Anderson right now. She's here tonight with the new concerns, Karen, now being raised by one of those victims. And Ed and Maria, that man told police he was raped at the hospital health care center. And now he wants to know how this could have happened and what MGH is doing to prevent it from happening again. He's still really in some shock about what happened. He's angry about what happened. He's hopeful that he'll get justice through the criminal. A phone call. Hello. Hello, this is the midnight caller line. This is Jerry speaking. I saw that you called me earlier and wanted to return your call. Oh, hi, Jerry. I must be behind on the uh, live. It's Barbara from Washington. Hey, Barbara. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, although I did get a little triggered, but that's okay. I did too. Um, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, Hey, it happens, you know. We've both been through a lot of stuff. In fact, you're, I would never travel through the state of Texas ever again in my life, but I've gotten by it to watch you, Jerry. <laughs> uh, because my brother was murdered in Texas many years ago. So I do understand a lot of those emotions that you're going through. Um, and they didn't catch, well, they did catch the person, but they let him go and then Four years later, he killed a young college student. And I was very upset. It took me 16 years to uh, get down there and investigate the whole thing myself. And that's when I found out all the truths that I didn't know before. So, um, Did it make it, it better it, for you once you found out the truths? Definitely. I also worked with a homicide cop uh, since the guy was in the guy that killed the second kid was in Huntsville by then. And so if anything, I just made sure he wasn't going to get out because he was, I think, up for uh, parole or something. And so the homicide cop helped me to uh, kind of not totally reopen it, but open it enough to where he could call and give him, you know, his opinion. So that did help. And the other thing is I, I just uh, also tracked down my nephews who did not know what had happened 16 years prior due to uh, family being in all different places and um, he had an ex-wife. So I tracked her down and the boys and finally they got the truth because they decided he went out for a loaf of bread and never came back, you know. Yeah, um, yeah so it was, there was a lot of closure that came and I drove down there. I'm from Washington, but I drove all, all through Texas there and um, so it gave me a lot of time to uh, reflect and cry and and uh, just work you know work things out a little better which I hadn't done before well because I didn't have the time I wasn't alone you get so busy in life you know you push things aside and um, so that was really helpful but that's not why I called I actually called about Ashley Banfield um, and I just I was really happy Susan called in yesterday because she was saying all the things that I felt and um, 
it wasn't so much the interview. It was she seemed to dig at questions that I thought were a little on the outside. Now, are you talking uh, about the the short interview that we played or the long one? I think it was the one we played the day before. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, she kind of digs at her at the end for almost around the area of what she originally was uh, interviewing her for. And, you know, I also see that woman in her drug stupor, not in her right mind, obviously, um, whether she's withdrawing from drugs or looking for her next fix or whatever. Uh, but you can just tell by listening to her and seeing her that she's, she looks like someone that got beat up and left on the street. You know what I mean? That's not quite in their right brain. And uh, I hope she gets some treatment. I also noticed on that thing you posted today, her drug conviction was, what, three days or four days after her daughter was killed. So I'm wondering if she relapsed or uh, that's when she got busted for her uh, drug use and looked like it was possession, which means she was getting high. Um, so anyway, I just, I have a lot of empathy for the mother. I, I don't think she's in her right state of being. And um, and I think Ashley just pushed her a little too much on some of the outside questions. So that was my uh, take on that. Anyway, I won't take up all your time. I hope you have a great day. I know it's a lot of this stuff is pretty tough. I sometimes have to take a break off the true crime because it, you know, it gets a little rough and sad and depressing. So anyway, put on some good tunes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I played the good. Okay. Well, the Good tunes were playing before the show. Thank you very much for calling. I appreciate it. Oh, yes, and I love Miss Midnight's voice. Woohoo! She does a good job, <laughs> doesn't she? She sure does. Okay, thanks. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to say this. Um, I think I, I said it when I had my outburst. I didn't know if she was talking to me or not, but I did get triggered with what I read in chat. And I want to I want to talk to you guys, uh, which means I want to interact with you guys. That's what this show's about. I want to look at chat. Uh, I'd rather you guys call me. I know that's impossible. <laughs> I'd rather have a conversation with you through you calling me than just doing chat because it goes so fast and I can't read everything. I don't know all the context, but regardless, um, sometimes you get triggered, especially if you're talking. You get triggered. I can't just turn off the true crime and go away, you know. And that was a good example of me getting triggered. I wasn't mad at anybody. I was mad at the concept. So, continuing here. Uh, Somebody asked a question, and I'll say who it is. It was, see, it's covered up in the chat, covered up in the chat. Ah, It was Jenna. She said, what can we do about this? Now I'm paraphrasing because I really can't find it again. We're going over, we go over all these true crime things, all these evil things going on, but what can we do about it? I have an answer for you. The answer is this. Do what I do. You're going to get triggered. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. Drugs aren't. Drugs are a 
our temporary solution to a permanent problem, you know, mental, although, a, you know, a solution though, not like suicide, which I, S, 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 I, I should have said S. Well, I wouldn't consider that a solution, but you can channel it into doing something positive. So when my father died, that's when I started doing documentaries. If you guys haven't seen the documentaries, check out my playlist of documentaries on our channel. And I'm currently working on one now that I'm going to release in uh, February, the beginning of February sometime. And I noticed when I started working on these things, that it takes such a level of mental concentration, uh, just about all of me, and physical work too, that it removed, it removed the depression from my mind. And it stayed that way. And that's why I do these shows every day. That's why I work on it. It's not about constantly having to do something so I don't think. It's a, I don't know what you'd call it. it. It's a level of concentration in your mind, not so you don't think, but it relaxes. I don't know. There's things you can do instead of being that person. What person? The person that turns to drugs. You don't have to do it. Some people did it because they were young, partying and stupid and did it. Other people, and they get worse when they get depression some people and it's not only drugs don't be that person don't put yourself in a situation where you feel like you need to murder somebody don't do it do something else put yourself in these situations don't think of yourself as the one that wouldn't be the bad person everybody has a capacity for evil steer yourself away from it don't be naive. Do not be naive. This is a conversation I had today with somebody in email. Take extra steps for your privacy. Do not put all your stuff out there in social media. Unless you're a public figure, you can't help it. Do not put yourself in a position to do that. Um, I was speaking to an author recently. It's a famous author. You'd know him if I said it, but I didn't say it. He has a famous house in a famous town. He doesn't stay at that house for his own privacy anymore. Everybody knows it's there, but he doesn't stay there anymore because of the danger. So there, there are things you can do. Looking at these things, you learn. You do learn. ...justice system, but he also wants a lot of answers. And that's Attorney Tyler Fox represents a man who says he was raped by medical assistant Damian Knighton at the MGH Back Bay Healthcare Center. It was a horrible thing. Uh, he went in there to get an examination from his regular doctor, and he came out being raped and sexually assaulted. Knighton was arrested in the clinic after Fox's client reported the assault to staff and called 911. He's charged with two counts of rape. After seeing the News Center 5 story about the case, another man came forward to police with similar allegations. That led to another charge against Knighton on Monday. Damon, do you have any comment on the new charges against you? In both cases, Knighton's accused of bringing the patients to an exam room on his own and telling them they needed additional procedures. The fact that someone who has very little medical training, probably no training in, as regarding medical ethics, could be allowed, would be given the power to do these kind of things, 
that's what's really troubling to me. The district attorney has asked for any other potential victims to come forward. Fox believes MGH should also be informing all of the health care center's patients about the charges. I think they have both a moral and a legal responsibility to do that. Certainly, if you were going to go to a doctor's office, you would certainly want to know whether a crime has been committed, particularly a sexual assault or rape, on a patient. Now, the state tells us they don't require medical assistance to be licensed. Mass General did not comment on Attorney Fox's interview, but did say that all appropriate hiring procedures were followed. In the newsroom, Karen Anderson, 5 Investigate. All right, tossing it back to me. Wow, a man got hard. He went in there for a procedure before the doctor came in. You know, you go there, and normally someone takes your blood pressure, uh, I guess he told him to turn and cough and did something else. This is horrific. Can you imagine? Like they're getting you ready for a procedure. And this is a man. This is blatant. This is crazy. These things are happening now like never before. This I didn't dig this up from the archives, guys. This is breaking news. Hello. Disturbing. I'm going to look at our poll right now the phone line is open if you want to talk to me about this the poll is this do you think banfield should have interviewed kara kernoodle kernoodle 38 percent said yes 53 percent no nine percent can't decide i'm gonna leave that up so you guys can still vote and some of you felt like it wasn't that she was being interviewed it was that she was being exploited by the questions that were asked so, fair enough. Phone line is still open. 325-261-0892. If you have a comment about that or any of the other stories we're going over tonight, I would love to hear from you. Now, this story is even more disturbing. How many of and you women need to pay attention to this. Oh, my sweet God, you need to pay attention to this. This is not the first time I've covered a story like this. I've covered worse. I've covered worse. It's so bad. The other thing I covered, which hasn't been caught yet, I found out about it. I investigated it. But the perpetrator hadn't been caught. Check this out. Want to get to more news now? It started with four women. Now, additional women have joined a lawsuit alleging they contracted incurable diseases after a janitor tampered with water bottles in their office space. KPRC 2's Taisha Walker live in East Houston with their stories. And Taisha, more than a dozen women have come forward now. Brandon, there are now 13 women, and they are all named in this lawsuit filed today. Their attorneys say there could even be more women out there that don't even know that they are infected. We do want to warn you that the details that you're about to hear are very graphic and are not suitable for young children. Trigger to hear. warning, trigger warning. The fact that I can no longer leave my water bottles anywhere or my cups at a party just like that because I don't want anyone to catch what I have. 
Attorney Kim Spurlock is reading part of a statement from one of the 13 victims suing the company that hired 51-year-old former janitor Lucio Diaz. Three other companies, including the management of this medical office building in East Houston, are also listed in the $1 million lawsuit. Spurlock and her co-counsel initially filed a lawsuit last October, where four women said the water in their office space had a foul odor and a yellow color. Some say they stopped drinking from the shared water jug and brought their own water bottles, but noticed the same odor. One of the women decided to set up a camera at her desk. It caught Mr. Oh. Diaz coming into her office to clean uh, her desk, picking up her water bottle, taking his penis and rubbing it all over the water bottle. Spurlock says the victim sent the video to the building manager, but no action was taken for more than six days. During that time, Diaz was still allowed into the building and was allegedly caught on camera repeating the act. Now, 13 women who work in the building say they contracted two incurable diseases as a result, herpes and hepatitis A. Diaz allegedly confessed to police late last year saying that he had a sickness. We know he is charged with four counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, that deadly weapon being his bodily fluids. We know that there could be even more. That deadly weapon being his infected Johnson. Oh, my goodness. The stories I got to cover tonight. See what I do for you people. How do you put me in this position? And how many of you haven't even hit the like button? Oh, my Lord. Can't get a prostate exam, can't drink water in public. Oh. Does it get worse? Do I have worse? Please tell me I don't. I do. What is wrong with me? Mesa police say 17-year-old Sitlali Avalar and 15-year-old Cameron Myers ran away from a group home owned by Powerhouse Youth Facility on Flower Avenue on January 7th. And on Saturday, their bodies were found in this water basin a half a mile away from the group home. We're trying to figure out that storyline. Did they walk there the same day and had been there ever since? Were they using that place to maybe lay, hang, you know, lay down and, and sleep at night? We, we simply just don't know at this point. And right now, Mesa police don't know how the two girls died. The medical examiner still trying to determine a cause of death. But that isn't stopping detectives from investigating all avenues. We're treating it as, you know, a foul play until we hear different. So we're not saying there was foul play. We're not saying there was anything involved. We're just taking those necessary steps early on and not sitting back and waiting for a report to come out. Records show that there were 20 calls to police from Powerhouse Youth Facility on Flower Avenue since November. A lawyer who represents the group home told Arizona's family by law they cannot force kids to stay at the house and that they followed all protocols once the girls ran away. And tonight, police told us, told us that they believe that the bodies were in the water for quite some time based on their appearance. If you know anything about this case, you're asked to contact the Mesa Police Department. I'm David Coltabiano reporting live for Arizona's Family.
David, thank you. And tonight, Arizona's Family Investigates is taking a closer look at that group home those two girls ran away from. The company which owns the home has been in trouble with the state before. Amy Cutler's covering that side of the story for us. Amy, you found kids have had to be removed from homes owned by the same company in the past. I think it's important to look at what was going on in the group home. And we, this story, let me see, this is a new story. When was it? One day ago? So we, we don't know anything about the autopsies yet. If maybe something happened to them from somebody else that followed them from the group home or not, we do not know. So this is a breaking story. That's right. I spent the afternoon going through documents, uh, state contracts. Now, the company is called Powerhouse Youth Facility, and according to their website, they own at least six group homes here in the Valley. The homes are used for children in foster care. Now, back in 2016, we reported that 47 kids were pulled from their care. The owner, Glenn Mayberry, saying at the time that there was alleged sexual contact between two children at one of them, and that once they found out, all reporting laws were closely followed. Now, after that incident, Mayberry told Arizona's family he would let go of 40 of his staff members. In this latest incident, we have learned that the two teens that were staying at Powerhouse's flower facility, this is video from their website of Inside It. It opened back in October. The Department of Child Safety tells me they have not had any licensing violations since they first opened. I asked DCS about prior violations Powerhouse has had. They tell me they are working to get me that information. We will co keep you posted as soon as we hear back. Hey. And I will keep you guys posted. All right. If you guys want to call in about any things we went over tonight, I feel better now. I shall not get triggered. Everybody breathe. Take a big breath. Let it in, let it out. Everybody, everything's happy. There's happy trees. Do you think Banfield should have interviewed Kara Canoodle? Do you have a problem with the way she interviewed her? Do you have a problem with the way Banfield talked to you about the way she interviewed her? I want to hear about it or any of the other stories. Right, so we covered the story about the seven-year-old, or six-year-old, rather, that went to school and uh, shot his teacher. We got more info from that teacher right now. New information is coming out this morning regarding a school shooting case involving a six-year-old. The teacher injured after getting shot in the chest says school administrators yeah. failed to act after multiple warnings. That's Lawyers true. representing the teachers say that concerned employees passed along warnings three different times. Police say school officials did not tell them about the reports until after the shooting happened. The teacher then tells that same administrator. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. Whom I can am I conversing with? This is Susan. Um, but I was calling to speak with Mrs. Midnight. Um, is she not there? I'm sorry, she's, she's not here right you now. You told me not to call. Could, I think. Could I take a message? Did I tell you not to call? Oh <laughs> uh, no! I, I think that, that was another channel that I was trolling. That might have been a different channel. So what's on your yeah, mind? Yeah, I think it was a. Um, I was calling. To express a very unpopular opinion, I'm sure. So you're calling for the same um, reason you always call for? Yes, exactly. You got it right on the nose. Um, I have looked 
and just I mean I I did a search and wrote you know tried to Google Brian Koberger's lawyer what happens to Brian Koberger you know um, and videos in uh, YouTube and Google try to find any type of article that asks what are his rights what are what what is he up against what is you know uh no one's really <sighs> okay did you hear now the we're email on the I read? road to did you hear the... no i didn't okay. i was driving did you read the chat where i said i was driving i did but i don't know there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that listen and i read mm-hmm. the email no i didn't i didn't hold it up wait how do you wait hold on a second how do you listen to the show while you're driving? It, I don't. Well, it goes in and out. I can't. It goes in and out. I mean, yeah, my phone. I, so are you playing car. it on YouTube Wait, or the audio link? Sometimes both, but okay. um, so, oh no. So here's um, the, here's the part I read about about. No wait, 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 wait! I want to tell you. This is a funny story, though. Uh, I cannot access my radio at all because we bought a car and they told us that it has uh, a great audio system and then we and it did it like had a insertable like tv doohickey thing and it was touchscreen everything we tried it out and we were getting no sound no sound no sound Finally, Matt opened up the whole car, and they took the speakers. They took the speakers from my car. Oh, wow. Granted, yeah, granted, we bought this off, like, a lot for, like, $4,000. So it was, anyway, sorry. So it had a great sound system, but the speakers weren't worth the crap. Yep, exactly. So I'm not going to read the whole email, but this is a part that pertains to what you said. Uh, three issues. One, Ann Taylor was has been repre- has represented the mother in four cases since 2017. Ann Taylor advised the court and filed a formal notice of this conflict with the court when she took the case with BK, which they, you know, assigned her. Right. The court remedied the situation by assigning another attorney to the mother. Okay. So what are you, I mean, what are you telling me though? I'm telling you the, I'm telling you. You're telling me about the story you the aunt, about the mother. I'm telling you the You're story, about, the story mother. about the mother. Stop. I'm saying that she has an attorney. The court gave her an attorney. She's not been in contact with that attorney because she was on the run because she was a fugitive, but the court did issue her one. I understand that. That's not what I'm calling to say. All of these stories are saying poor, what are Kara? And I called in and, and I said, you know, I think she should get some help. Good for her if she wants to get into treatment, blah, 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 blah. Mother, 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 Ashley Bamfield, blah, blah, blah. All of that. Uh-huh. Every story is about that. Now. Now. What's going on with Brian Koberger? Does anybody give a 
shit about his about oh. his representation. I mean, for heaven's sake, he's on trial for murder. Maybe he does need this lawyer. Maybe somebody should be asking those questions. But he, you know, he, does he has have rights lawyer. too. He has her. That's his lawyer. I know, but are, are you concerned that this conflict might damage his case? Well, I have no idea. I'm not really con- that all that. I mean, his case in general, if he's found guilty for first degree murder and sentenced to the death penalty, then he'll automatically appeal anyway. doesn't matter. Um, what I'm saying is these articles, none of them, they could... <laughs> There's a different angle here that somebody could take What's that and angle? say, what's going to happen you know, to him here? What does he have to do? How do you think, because they're all like, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they, I think you have an interpreter said, in the chat. They're saying that you're expressing a healthy respect for due process. Is that what you were saying? Is it hot ham radio? It may or may not be. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what I'm saying is, yes, he, I mean, they're all, everyone is so concerned about this woman and, and her story is very interesting. It is. And that's why Ashley Banfield took advantage of her and, you know, uh, gave her leading questions and, you know, uh, kept on going with that. However, wait, why is this going off? What? I'm trying to um, keep the chat on because your um, thing failed me yesterday when I actually called on my phone. Sorry. I do have the audio file. Um, so you can put it in your... But, your, uh, but your... The, I can't read the chat afterwards. That's, you know, that's what I want to read. Anyway, <clears throat> Brian, like, okay, why aren't there any, I mean, Mark Yaragos wants to hear himself talk all the time. Why, why isn't there any type of panel on, you know, News, <laughs> news Nation uh, that says, hey, what is your take on this? Sorry. What is this? What is your take on this, uh, Mark Garagos, in regard to Brian Koberger? Who's Mark Garagos? Is this that Never. lawyer that you know? He's, in, he's an attorney. Attorney, yes. That lawyer you know. Your he's favorite a, lawyer. Yeah, he's an attorney. Yes. He's not what my favorite lawyer. No, he just likes to hear himself talk. I don't know. I already re- I already saw him radio. I'm already looking at it. I think I think there's a lot Sorry. of people that, that don't want to show any sympathy to Brian Nothing Burger at all right now. I know, and, and that's why I, <laughs> that's that's why I'm saying I don't know. That's why I said it's not a uh, popular opinion, but I think that some people should think about the fact that uh, Brian Koberger 
may have a hard choice to make here. And the judge may say, hey, dude. No, he's not going to say that. <laughs> he's going to say, hey, uh, are you willing to sign this waiver uh, for the conflict and eliminate a conflict and go forward with this attorney or for weeks and weeks and weeks, she's been working on your case and we will have to go ahead and switch and, and then we'll find you a new attorney. And, uh, we don't and, know that he wasn't and they'll asked. have to work on it. We don't what? know that he, we don't know that he wasn't asked that, do we? No, we don't. That's what we I'm saying. Know. It's like I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the discussion would happen, but I don't know. I know on her behalf it was. Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, on her behalf. I mean, she's getting paid for this half the time. Apparently, I don't know that. I don't know that she didn't want a different attorney. That she wanted a different attorney. I just feel like she feels violated that that maybe, hurt. She lost her attorney because of Brian and her daughter. Maybe. She she should have gone with a different attorney anyway. She didn't seem to have great outcomes with the first several times. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I really am saying that maybe, maybe she should try with a different attorney. I would really actually like to know for real. Um, if, I mean, I guess everything's clear, but if this, county has specialty courts as in a mental health court uh you know a drug court you know the there's like a million different specialty courts depending on where you live and if she could get into one of those particular courts they just have a generally one attorney one public defender that handles everyone and and usually it's a positive experience for people but i don't know maybe they don't have that i i've i tried to ask a lot of people but nobody seemed to know me i guess i have to google that myself God. did you hear the part about the guy peeing in the water bottles no but that sounds like never mind <laughs> I just wanted to know what your take was on that. No, it seems like something that I've already seen on my porch. So I don't know. That's horrible. No, I don't know what the hell you're talking. I so don't. You might you might want to wind what? up. You, you 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 might want to rewind and watch some because you missed some things. You missed me having a what what did I do? No, no, I An got outburst. I saw that an outburst and then I, some guy peeing in water bottles. It's been a hell of a night for all of us. Well, I'm sorry that I called then. I was. You just made it a little. You took my mind off of it. To call. Well, I wasn't really calling to talk to you anyway. But I'm the I only mean, one it, here. But uh, I guess it, it. You know, it's always a pleasure. I think I have some. Uh, hold on. I don't think I really got anywhere, but, and I'm sure that they're going to all, um, validate that. 
Let's see what this button does. Nothing. What? What? Hold on. Of course, there's this one. What are you doing? Are you canceling me? No, I'm just hitting buttons. I was looking for the fart button, but I don't have one. Someone suggested no, that. No, 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 no. All right. No. So let me let me get uh, this straight, though. Seriously. Okay. Your unpopular opinion. Yep. Is. You feel that the media in general, including YouTube, aren't dis- aren't discussing the angle of the effect of the tourney and Kara is having on Brian. No, I'm just saying. That's what you no, said, though. No, I would. Yes, yeah, to a, a point. It, I would like to actually hear someone tell me, an attorney or or someone, what what does he have to go through? What are the steps? What it you know? What exactly will happen with him? I have not heard one thing, and you know why? It's because they have already. And I told you this weeks ago. They've already convicted him. The 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 court of public opinion has convicted Brian Koberger. He very well may have did it. He probably did. But so you're saying they're all right? They they don't they don't. No one wants to talk about it because it's basically a foregone conclusion. So who cares? Who represents him? That that's I mean that's what I see. Who cares? And they're like, well, let's concentrate on this story because this woman uh, is far more interesting, and and now she's going to be on five different shows. Well, and everybody maybe wants you to watch the train wreck, uh, right? Every, I hate to, to say that. No, I hate. To, Jerry, don't say you, it's, that. It's, it's, you're the problem. I think you're the problem. You want to watch that train Me? wreck? Me? Yes. You you want to watch the train wreck. So that's the way no, that... No, I don't. That's the way... That, Absolutely not. This shows I, a train wreck every day. You, uh, <clears throat> you like watching the train wreck, and that's what... Uh, that's how the news cycle gets paid, right? But I do think you're like, onto something. I think if somebody came on here... Uh, on the media, or I don't, the media would lose sponsors, but since I don't have anything or any income from this, so somebody from YouTube did it, um, on Brian Kohlberger's side, do you think that would raise, would be good for that show or not? I'm not saying that know. they need to be on his side. I'm saying perhaps give us some information from his perspective. I just gave you some. I, I read my little email right here. So what, here's what happened. Well, no, you just... Ann Taylor advised the court, on. filed a formal notice of the conflict with the court when she took the case. And the court ruined the situation by signing another attorney. And here's the third part. There, there might be a hearing that takes place to resolve the matter. And then that's when they'll talk about Brian. If there is a conflicting issue. If that means if Brian doesn't say, I mean, he doesn't care. 
Do you think he would care? You don't think he care? You don't think he cares? Are you kidding me? I might be. <laughs> well, uh, he took her. You he, don't think he? Go for it. He he went ahead and took her on as an attorney. He had to sign the paperwork for that, and he he. They knew that from the beginning, so I don't think the conflict of interest. He didn't have a whole lot of choices to to, to choose from. He didn't. But are, he put himself in I those mean, situations, possibly. I'm when sorry, had, what? He didn't have a lot of choices to choose from, but his actions put him in that situation. Because you've already convicted him. No, Look because at of what this. you just said. Look at what I you know, just said. I know, said. that is what I just said, but that's not convicting him. Whether he unlifed those people or not, he was still on his cell phone at that house. He looks awful damn guilty, circumstantial evidence or not. He put himself in the situation. He certainly does look guilty, and I'm not refuting that. I'm not like, oh, there's a cons- drug conspiracy. But I don't where- feel bad because of his lack of decisions when he possibly ended someone else's decisions to even have a life. And he is innocent until proven guilty. So the balance of justice is actually weighted in his favor if we believe in the justice system at all. Not that I'm arguing with you. I can't argue with you. I'm not exactly sure what you're saying. Okay. Well, maybe we'll try again next time. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm serious. Did what I say make sense, though, or not? I could be wrong. It's not even really opinion. I'm basically playing devil's advocate. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, you know... Do you mean to talk about the mom some more? <laughs> I, I confused I, I you by know. talking. I think that the the whole thing is such a messed up situation. It's awful. Um, it seems as though everyone knew about it a long time ago. Um, it's just coming out now. And people want to make up stories about this Idaho four that are basically. Completely, I agree with you on that. There's a lot of made up stuff, and there's an exagger exaggerating things just to get a story. Right. I don't think that this is as big of a story as people make are making it out to be either. I, I agree. I agree. Actually. Maybe. Oh wait. But what? I wouldn't know that if I didn't look at it. Would we? I'm just saying, maybe, uh, I don't know. I mean, you could you could say that about the mom, and, and I, I would never say that about the mom, but you said his actions put him there, and it looks and it sounds and much awful, more awful, because it is, it is a... It is a very serious and awful, terrible um, crime. But, and and I, I, um, this is very serious. I I struggle to say this, but, um, but 
Tara uh, Kernoodle, she also put herself in the situation she's in now. Yes. And I can completely um, see how she's scared. And I don't think she under, I, I, I don't think she understands the justice system. I think she doesn't want to go to jail and go into withdrawal. I think that she's probably just, I don't Actually, know. it's easy I, to get I, drugs in jail. I don't want to, what? It's very easy to get drugs in jail. Didn't you watch our Christmas special? That's your assignment. Watch the JT Kinderfeller Christmas special. I didn't watch the Christmas. I haven't. There was, I there was like a lot more than candy being stuffed in, in the prison, stockings. You mean in prison, right? You yes. mean in prison. Prison and jail. In prison. Yes. In prison. Federal. Yes. Pr- prison. Prison, prison. More likely. But... I'm not I'm not trying to compare I, I want to make this very 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 clear very clear that I am not com- shut up I'm trying to help that's all <laughs> go ahead um I am not comparing what Brian Koberger allegedly did allegedly. right that uh, to the situation that uh, this mother finds herself in legally. I'm not talking about the media anymore. I'm talking about the seriousness of these charges, addiction. I don't know. (laughs) But I I wanted to make that very clear to the chat. Crystal clear. Yeah, because I, yeah, because it's, it's not, you know, but those crimes are completely different. Can I ask you one last question? Have you been drinking? Is it going to be the last question? (laughs) You ask me that every time. Where's Iron Dog? Expect, I don't know. I just, I just got home. I drink a, a, I keep a bottle of bourbon and in the. In the drawer at work, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope the chat will um, uh, sponsor my recovery or, or or just support me through it. Hey, really. um, I might be able to get you interviewed on Banfield. <laughs> oh, I would, I would, you know, I would punch her in the face. How about Nancy? <laughs> you know? How about Nancy Grace? And I bet she Grace. would. I bet she would make you cry. She, that would be something. She, oh yeah, I. You cry when you watch not, a clip of her. She hurts my feelings. She's like a guilty pleasure, Nancy Grace. I don't know. I'd, I'd have a different guilty pleasure than that. Thank you for calling. <laughs> I got another call on the line. Oh here. yeah, they they want me off of this phone call. Okay. Uh, I do. I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good night.
That was Susan, everybody. Thank you, Susan. I missed that phone call. I just have to make me a little phone call back. Please leave your message. See, I was quick. I stopped at that time. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Hi, Jerry. This is Marie. Hey, Marie. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great now. The people starting to call me. I'm glad you called me. Well, I was going to call sooner, but I, I was going to let her finish. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I thought a lot of things. I just thought I would. I haven't talked to you since the day that they arrested Coburger. So it has um, been a while. Oh, it's been a minute. Yeah. So uh, the um, as far as the lawyer uh, Taylor and she represented this young lady, Kara Kernodal. I believe four times. This would be the fourth time. Yes, ma'am. And I also heard today that she represented uh, Maddie's mother and father for drug charges as well in the past. Um, there, from my understanding, there are 13 attorneys in the state of Idaho who are capable to handle a death penalty, potential death penalty case, and she's the only one in that northern area. Yes. You're correct. Um, so, uh, I'm I'm okay with the uh, choice if she had a choice, and I don't think she had a choice. I think there's a thing called a uh, like a dispute. So they have a legal process about how this is decided. She doesn't just to get to willy nilly say I'm going to pick this one. Uh, conflict thing. It's called. Yeah, I believe she and, had the um, training and the ability to defend that kind of case, and she was assigned it. Correct. So at that point, she had to make a choice, and I believe in January 5th, when that choice, uh, when she was assigned Coburger, I, I think around sometime mid-December, uh, Kara Ternodal had been a uh, failure to show for her crime of November 16th or thereabouts. You're correct. So I think... Uh, I also think, I know this may not be popular either, but um, as a defense attorney, a public defender, regardless of how this case turns out, um, she it will be beneficial to her career. That probably isn't, a mot shouldn't be a motivating factor, but I think people do what they need to do to get along. I agree. Do you? Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, so as far as that situation goes, those are my thoughts on that. Well, now this, I, I really need to talk about this man in the water bottle. I'm disturbed. I didn't, I, I did watch the video, <laughs> but I didn't watch it all the way through. 
Um, I haven't, this is the first I've heard of it. Um, so I, I don't think I'm going to be uh, drinking water in public unless it's my own and I have full control of it. There's another incident I investigated and there was this one guy who was filming himself putting bodily fluids into pastry items and he worked for a like go ahead donuts like a donut place like uh, the pastry items specifically uh we're talking about the foam and cappuccino we're talking about oh jelly filled donuts in one case i don't know what flavor uh cream <laughs> cream puffs and what he I would don't do mean to laugh that's not funny it is and it isn't your mind doesn't know how to perceive it you know um, and also, no, this, this really happened and he was filming himself doing it. And then he would film the women he would give it to. So it was, I believe it was some, um, advertising agency in Omaha, Nebraska. And there's a lot of them there. And, uh, so he would bring these treats to these women and film them eating, you know, his bodily fluids. Oh my. Don't let anybody give you food. I cook mostly at home. I don't, we don't uh, do a lot of restaurants. I know. So, um, oh, this wasn't a restaurant. Have, this uh, was in the office. This was in, this was in an office setting. When I worked uh, my last job before I retired, uh, we would, you know, like birthdays, everybody brings stuff in and you have like a book, you know, everybody bring a whatever dish. And there were lots of people that wouldn't eat anything that was put on the table. I guess that's why. I don't know. I always ate all of it. I'll tell you what. Uh, that guy violated donuts. I hope Susan's not listening to this. <laughs> She'll never eat another donut. I know. Uh, you know, somebody brings donuts into work, and there they are. You don't think about it. Whew. Well, nurses will eat anything because that's how we are. Um, and we don't often get to eat a lot of times for 12 hours. So if there's a box of donuts, I, I would probably eat one. Uh, not if I knew that, I wouldn't. <laughs> now, maybe not so much. Now, maybe not. Yeah. So, what were our other topics? Let's see. We had the male that went for an examination and he was raped by the medical assistant. Okay. Let me tell you this. When I was very young, I'm, I'm pretty old now, but when I was very young, I went to a dentist for a tooth situ extraction and I was put to sleep. And when I woke up, like uh, not an IV medication, like a gas, I guess. And when I woke up, I really think something might have happened when I was sleeping. I was the only one in the office besides him, and he sent the, uh, the assistant people out for lunch. And I always wondered about that, but I never had any uh, repercussions from it, and I can't prove it. And I did he send you flowers um, in the morning? No, I didn't. I didn't get dinner or anything. I got a story about that. Do you want to hear it? Sure. All right. This is when I was in the military. This was when I was in boot camp, and I don't think it was that far into boot camp. might have been a week or two, two or three weeks, and it was my turn to do the watch. And uh, I had the worst shift there was for watch. We called it balls to four, and that's because right at midnight, the time flips to zero, 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 and they call that balls to four. So it's a four-hour watch. All the other watches were two hours. 
So the guy, and, and what you would do on this is what they call Firewatch, is you would have to walk along the open bay barracks, make sure nobody's doing anything illegal and there's no fires or anything, and that's just what you did. Make sure nobody's having a medical emergency. Really not a lot to it. Just walking the perimeter of the open bay barracks, which are much like you'd, you'd see in the movie Full Metal Jacket if you've ever watched that. So there I was. They woke me up at midnight. It was my turn. So I, got, I get my full uniform and I start walking. And I felt fine. You know, I woke up. I felt fine. I do one lap around. I go in the restroom and make sure everything was fine there. I go on the other lap. And then I wake up on the table. What? What happened? I don't know. I woke up on the table. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's my first thought. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then I looked at my watch. And it was 15 minutes till my shift was over. And so it was the whole damn thing. I'm like, I did not lay down on this table. I wasn't tired. What the hell happened? I don't know if I told the story in here or not, but the first thing I thought, I'm like, okay, well, I looked at my uniform, you know, because you have to wear your uniform in a certain way so you can look at what you call the gig line, which is where your buttons are, and they have to be lined up all the way with your, your zipper on your pants and everything. And I looked at that. I'm like, okay, well, all that lines up, so... And my, I must be okay. My butt doesn't feel funny. That's what I thought. I, don't, <laughs> I thought I must. That's kind of how I felt when I woke up at that dentist. Like I couldn't find anything out of place to exactly. confirm that anything erroneous had occurred. But it sure, I just felt really uncomfortable. I, I didn't. I don't know. I was just completely mystified. And I'm like, what happened? And I thought. Hell, did I get abducted by aliens or what? What the hell happened here? I was here walking and then I'm gone. Somebody told me that if somebody chokes you and, and you can lose consciousness, it's common to lose some memory. So maybe that happened. I don't know. What I do know is right then the drill instructor came in, you know, right when I stood up. So I went there. I didn't get in trouble. And I just, hell, I felt great, though. I felt like I got a whole night's sleep. So I'm like, well, I can't tell anybody this because if I do, I'm going to get court-martialed for laying down and going to sleep when I yeah. didn't do it. I mean, I wasn't even sleeping, so I don't know. Something happened to me. When I first got out of nursing school way, way back, I worked in Philly, South Philly, and uh, back then you had techs. Now you got to do everything yourself, but back then we had techs, so if somebody was deceased on your shift, the tech came and took them to the morgue. And as later on when they cut staff and everything, you had to take it yourself. Well, we had this one guy that was charged with uh, tampering with these people between, you know, where we handed them off to him and the morgue, like in the elevator. So I guess stuff happens. That would be necrophilia. Oh, my gosh. Is that what he got charged with? Yeah. So I have to say right now, shut up, Jerry, but I'm going to tell you a funny story about that. Uh, my dog's name is Jerry, and he's barking crazily outside. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Jerry, stop. I'm sorry about that, <laughs> but that is my dog's name. I'm flattered. Jerry signs them. You're like, wait. Well, yeah. What's the deal? Yeah, his name is Jerry Seinfeld. So, 
All right. Well, I've uh, got a lot of thoughts, but I'm going to let you go with that. Hey, one thing before I go in uh, for realistic, instead of just being light on a Friday night, um, I do still have my concerns about that church. I, I, you know, I've always talked about this, mm-hmm. and uh, I still think. And I sent you, I put something on the group pe- uh, text there last night about um, you had put on. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not allowed in Discord. I wasn't paying well, if enough. Remember, so. you're allowed. You should see. Some I was of a stuff. member, but I wasn't a high enough level member. Oh, you can so. always upgrade. But I could. But um, anyway, you had put a thing on about uh, early on, like right around when this first happened, this Idaho four about the uh, FBI, and they had like I think there was some sort of a parade in Moscow. And a bunch of uh, FBI guys, they were all dressed the same, had the same boots and everything. You did a video. I I don't know if that would need to be revisited in relation to all this and all of the uh, deceased people in that area. And that's all I have to say. Well, that's about all. That's all I'm going to go for now. I'll let somebody else chat. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I got some more disturbing stories coming up right now. Great. I can't wait. Thank you, and have a great Friday. Thank you. You know, I think it was Susan that coined the phrase Fruit Loop Friday, and I like it. I like it a lot. Describes everything in here. I'm going to play this story, then I'm going to the next one. Phone lines are still open. I'm enjoying taking your phone calls tonight on Fruit Loop Friday. That she believes the boy put the gun in his pocket before going outside for recess. But the administration could not be bothered. The administrator downplayed the report from the teacher and the possibility of a gun, saying, and I quote, well, he has little pockets. The school's assistant principal resigned Wednesday. The school board voted to remove the superintendent as well. I'm Axel, and I'm one of the AI voices from... Man, that voice is, that AI voice is horrible. All right. Now, this might be some good news to some people, bad news to others, but it is breaking news nonetheless on this Fruit Loop Friday. Today, on behalf of all law enforcement involved, I am pleased to announce we have identified the suspect in the 1994 murder of 81-year-old Wilhelmina Violet Filkins. It was an announcement police have been waiting more than 28 years to make. Violet Filkins, a beloved member of the East Greenbush community, a retiree who lived alone and loved to tend to her flowers, was bludgeoned to death inside her Coventry Lane apartment. Family members found her body on August 19, 1994. We've made an appeal for... Over weeks, months, and years, police vowed to find her killer, but the leads ran cold. Until 2019, that's when an ex-girlfriend of this man, Jeremiah Guyette, came forward to say she'd had a conversation 10 years earlier with Guyette. That approximately in 2009, uh, August of 2009, Jeremiah had started crying at their home and made statements such as, that poor old woman, I robbed her, I hit her and I just left her there. Acting on that tip, police went to Rosendale, New York and Ulster County to question Guyette. Guyette became defensive, visibly upset, and stated he would not speak to us without an attorney. And the very next day, Jeremiah Guyette, a 1994 Columbia High grad who lived in the Coventry Apartments at the time of Violet's murder, shot and killed himself inside the garage of his home. Police compared Guyette's fingerprint to a left thumbprint found on the coffee table inside Violet's apartment, and it was an exact match. Police say Guyette didn't steal anything of value from inside Violet's apartment. He did take her car, but returned it. Violet had eight brothers and sisters. 
all passed away before her murder was solved. I remember one in particular saying to me, I could be overwhelmed for the rest of my life um, because of what happened to Vi, but I refused to give the person who did this anything more than he's already taken. It was very traumatic on them, and I'm, I do feel bad that they never saw this resolution. What was it like to be able to tell her remaining family members that you had solved this homicide? To be able to uh, call Carol that day with the chief and able to tell her that we had brought closure to her family, to Violet, and that we had, uh, in in sense, brought you know a killer to justice. It was extremely rewarding for me, and I'm sure I can speak for everybody. I'll put a link to all these shows in the description below after this show's over, so you guys can watch the full clips. And I'm also going to put the full Ashley Banfield Karen Kernoodle Kernoodle interview there so you guys can check that out I'm not going to play the rest of this I've got uh, I've got more to show you I do want to say this though there won't be a show tomorrow at 5 p.m. though I'll do a show tomorrow morning because I don't know what time I, I want to say five but I don't know perhaps six maybe seven tomorrow night we're having the midnight writers workshop for those of you who have joined our writing group, your assignment is due tomorrow at 5 a.m. We're going to go over it together in the Discord, and I'm also making a video of it, and it will be on the videos for you guys to view. Before I go into the next video I want to play for you guys, let's look at our poll and end it right now. Do you think Banfield should have interviewed Kara Kernoodle? Kernoodle. Uh, 39% said yes. 48% no. And 13% can't decide. So we'll leave that poll right there. So you guys can check that out. All right, going to the next story here. This one is probably the most disturbing. Uh, this first part of it? Wait a second. Okay, this one goes first. This is the night, and I'm not political guys at all, and so be be careful with this because some of you are, and that's one of the roles we don't talk politics in here because with whatever side of the aisle you're on, I feel like you have the right to talk about the messed up stories we have. So be careful about this one because this is something that happened to the husband of a political figure. This just dropped today. This is the hammer attack on Paul Pelosi. This is very triggering. The first thing I'm going to play for you is the 911 call. Then I'm going to play the video for you of where it happened. Very disturbing, break, breaking news as of when the show aired. I'm going to play it right now. This is a 911 call. Please, 74, 2022. Oh, I guess I, I, guess I, I called my mistake. What is this? This is San Francisco Police. Do you need help? Oh, well, there's a gentleman uh, here just waiting for my wife to come back. Nancy Pelosi. Uh, he's just uh, waiting for her to come back because she's not going to be here for a day, so I guess we'll have to wait. Okay, do you need police, fire, or medical for anything? Eight seconds. Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Zero, two, twenty-three, and fifty-eight seconds. Uh, there, there's the, uh, um, is the Capitol Police around? Two twenty. No, this is San Francisco. They usually hear. They usually hear at the house. 
protecting my wife. Uh, no, this is San Francisco and, Police. Friday, October. I, I, no, I understand. Eight, two, um, I feel, and I want to know what you think. I This is Paul Pelosi calling the authorities, letting him know that a man just walked into his house, an armed man walked into his house, wanted to wait there for his wife. His wife is, was the house speaker at the time, Nancy Pelosi. And I don't feel like on the 911 call, the person, the dispatcher was helping him at all. She wasn't. He was trying to talk to her in such a way as to not upset the man who was threatening his life. And I don't feel like, I feel like she needs to be retrained because if I was there, I would understand what was going on right away. And who am I? So. Thousand twenty two. Okay, well, zero uh, twenty four and eighteen seconds. Uh, he thinks everything's good. Uh, I've got a problem, but he thinks everything's good. Zero, uh, okay. Call us back if you change your mind. Call us back if you change your mind. No, no, this, this gentleman just uh, came into the house uh, and he wants to wait here for my wife to come home. Zero. Somebody saying, sounds like a hostage situation, and she didn't read between, between the lines. I, I exactly agree with that. And so, do you know who the person is? No, I don't know who he is. He, he, uh, uh, he has this, he's telling me not to, uh, he's telling me not to do anything. What is your address, sir? Uh, 26. Two twenty-five and zero. What is your name? Seconds. Uh, my name is Paul Pelosi. Friday. Anyway, this, this gentleman says that uh, he thinks everything ought to, you know, he didn't tell me to put the phone down and uh, just do what he said. Okay. Okay. Who? What's the gentleman's name? I don't know. What's that? My name's David. Da the name is David. Okay, and who is David? Five. I, I don't know. What's that? I'm a friend of theirs. Yeah, I, I, um, he says he's a friend, but as but I said, I've never... But you don't know who he is? No, it's no man. Okay. He's telling me I'm being very leading, so I, I gotta stop Zero, talking to you, okay? Okay, you sure? I can stay on the phone with you just to make sure everything... Um, some people said in the comment section, she should have asked to talk to the guy. It does. It sounds like a hostage situation. That's exactly what it sounds like to me. Maybe she's already has help on the way and she just doesn't want Paul to know. I don't know. It's clearly a hostage situation. It'll be even more clear after I play this video. There's rumors going around about it, but now we have actual facts. So let's look at them. It's, it's hard for me to watch to me out of all the things that we went through today seeing this man get attacked like this like we're about to although we don't see the impact so that's good and there's no blood but it nonetheless this is real life this is real crime this is really disturbing i'll play it for you right now this is a police body cam footage of paul pelosi being attacked Hi, how you doing? Oh, yeah. What's going on, man? You 
You can see Paul Pelosi here. He looks like he was settling down for the night when this man came in. He has a hammer in his hand. It's been reported that he came in there with a backpack and brought the hammer in with him. Paul Pelosi has reported that he came in there asking to speak to Nancy Pelosi as his intended target. That's the information that we have. The guy, whose name was David, we just learned, said that everything's good. You'll see the police say, drop the gun. And he says, nope. And then you'll see what happens next. I'm telling you right now, if I was the officer on scene, this man wouldn't be alive right now. Because I would have took him out. So I know Paul Pelosi was injured. I don't know. Maybe they could have used a taser or something. Maybe that would have been better. This is disturbing. Let me continue it uninterrupted. Drop the hammer. Um, nope. Hey, 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 hey. What is Sorry, going on? I'm right not getting an answer. I'm Sorry, somebody in chat is saying, so he knew his name. He didn't know his name. He gave his name on the police phone call when he was trying to call the police. We heard that on the 911 call. He didn't know it, but he said, my name is David. Ever 14, ever send backup, code 3. Code 3 backup at 66. Give me your f***ing hand. Give me your f***ing hand. What is wrong with for 14 hours? This is hard because you can see Paul Pelosi on the ground and he can't even breathe. He just got hit with this hammer. This is horrible. I wouldn't want this to happen to anybody. Uh, you can read there it says David DePay. The suspect in the attack faces multiple charges included, including attempted murder and assault with a deadly weapon. Ever 14 Edward, same medics, code 3 as well. That is a video, guys. Single officer, or did he have backup? There were two op there was two or three officers there, so there was backup. I'll put the links to all this in the show notes. The phone line is still open if there's something that you want to talk about. There's a lot of rumors going around about what happened, and maybe it was some kind of encounter or whatever, but from the facts that we know, this is very disturbing. It does not seem to me. Like Paul knew who this guy was at all. It's just some guy that went in there and did this looking for Nancy. I don't know what his political agenda, whether it was political or what, but it, it, it nonetheless is very disturbing. Very disturbing. I'll tell you what else is disturbing. I know some of you guys are uh, watching the Murdaugh trial, right? Alex Murdaugh. I got a video about that right here. This is his interrogation. I'll play a little bit of this as I wait for your phone calls before I end the show for the night. Again, I'm going to have a show sometime tomorrow morning as early as I can. I'll be shooting for five, but we'll see. And we'll talk a little bit. I have a writer's class tomorrow at 5 p.m., so I won't be in here for that. This is a questioning of Alex Murdoch. This was dropped today. You're going to see it now. Actually, you don't even need to see it. Let me just play it. I left the house without my watch. This is his initial interview from the police. 
I'm not going to play the whole thing, just the beginning part of it. All right, Mr. Murdoch, um, just take your full name for me, please. Richard Alexander Murdoch. Uh-uh. I'm sorry, it's Murdoch, apparently. And spell your last name so I get it correct. M U R D A U G H. All right. And you go by Alec? Yes, sir. And date of birth, Mr. Murdoch? May 27, 1968. And a good phone number for you. 803-942-1227. All right, guys, I got some breaking news about Zana Kernodal's mother, Kara Kernodal, which is still her legal name until it's changed, which it hasn't been legally changed yet, so I'm not calling her anything else. Ann Taylor filed what is termed an attorney withdrawal notice with the court citing a conflict of interest. The court hearing was on January 5th. The court appointed Christopher Schwartz, who is now the mother's attorney. Um, Let me go ahead and post that in chat for people. I'm not saying, I don't know. Midnight caller line. Um, this is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Please mute your listening device. Meredith. Uh, Meredith, could you pause your TV? Yes, I just did. Sorry. All right, we're good. How are you doing, Meredith? I'm doing great. I love your show. I appreciate. Try that. to catch it whenever I can. Um, anyway, I didn't catch your first questions of the night. Like, if you had certain questions you wanted people to talk about. Or answer or I had a poll. I had a poll that was up. Let me see if I. Uh, the poll was. Was this. that the poll about the the mother? It was. People were. Did she be interviewed? Agi- yeah, they okay. were. They were agitated about Banfield specifically that she was interviewed one in the way mm-hmm. that Banfield interviewed her. Do you think Banfield mm-hmm. should have interviewed her? Yes or no, or can't. Uh, I think it's yes. I think she should have. I think you know. Look. It's yes or no either way, but the woman should have her voice. I mean, it's horrible what happened to her. Her whole life sounds horrible. I mean, you know, meaning the drug addiction or whatever you want to drug use and the legal problems. Now her daughter. I think she should be able to to say something. Nobody had a problem with get it out. Nobody had a problem with Stephen Gonzalez Gonzalez speaking to the exactly. Yeah. And boy, did he talk a lot. <laughs> you know, he talks a lot. Uh, which is yeah. fine. You know, I yeah. mean, hey, but there again, he's going through such a horrible, I mean, horrific. I suppose if he wants to talk, uh, to, if he wants to start a podcast like you and talk 24 hours a day, you know, he should be able to do that. I mean, because nobody knows how you're going to react to these situations. You know what I mean? I've been through things in my life where. At the beginning, you know, before I would have thought I would have reacted a certain way, but it came out totally different. I understand that. So you never know. Yeah, you never know how you're going to act. You think you know, but when it happens, you don't know. And sometimes people are just trying to get through the next, being able to take the next breath. You know what I mean? Like the Gonzalez, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. <laughs> 
uh, he's probably just trying to get through to taking the next breath. And, you know, he's got other kids. He's got to keep going. So he has to figure out a way to do that. So if that's talking all the time to whomever, well, whatever. And maybe this mother is in the same position. Maybe we'll help her. Maybe people will reach out and help her. Not that I'm not saying nobody has tried to help her, but maybe something will actually maybe work. Well, I just you know, I just uh, read an email right before you called that I just it was a breaking email at the time that Ann Taylor filed what is termed an attorney withdrawal notice with the court citing a conflict of interest. The court hearing was on January yeah. 5th and they she does have an attorney Christopher Schwartz who's now the mother's attorney. Right. She wasn't in um, Kara wasn't in contact with the court so she didn't know because she's been on the right. run because of her felony. Right. She jump bell right. she didn't show up yeah and we have to be careful too there's another side of this okay so if we allowed let's think of this if we allowed people that have attorneys that attorney can never have a conflict okay or they can't be on a cases because then they could you could tie up attorneys that way do you see what i'm saying and that wouldn't be right Somebody could go around, and, 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 and people do this already, will go around like uh, guys or women getting divorces. A lot of times they'll go around to all the attorneys, the good attorneys, and talk to them one time, and then it's like a conflict. And so their, their partner, their divorcing, can't get that attorney. So it's kind of like we don't want that to happen. I mean, it already does happen, but we don't want it to happen to where it's just a solid if you've ever spoken to somebody, then it's a conflict. You know, that's, I see where they're coming from. There's not a lot of attorneys in Idaho that do, they say that do death penalty cases. I would want the best one possible if I were in Coburger's spot. Or the you only know, one so, in that area, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, also he's, he's innocent and still proven guilty. So he deserves to get the best that he can get. And, you know, the funny thing that I think is really interesting, it's not funny, is that, have you know, you know, a lot of uh, high-profile cases, attorneys will start coming out of the woodwork wanting to take the case. For instance, O.J. Simpson, but he had a lot of money. Uh, you know, that's the big one, I think. Of. Actually, Nobody's I think O.J. Simpson, actually, I know this for a fact, he, he stiffed uh, his lawyers on the money he owed him. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, he did. They thought uh, he was, he yeah. didn't pay him. That's a shocking. I watched that whole trial because I had a job taking care of older people, and they wanted to watch it too at their home. And so we would watch it. It was like we loved it, and we watched every second. And I was Everybody. shocked. Everybody shocked. watched that at the time. I, and then also with that, uh, the gal that her daughter died. What's her name? I can never think of her name. Uh, you know, Anthony. she was gone for like a month. Yeah, yeah. That's another one. I was just shocked how it turned out. Like, what? I heard there's that a, right there should show you. There's a Netflix Go documentary ahead. that just came out about that. Have you seen it? No. Somebody said, oh, it's kind of like her talking, isn't it? She's in it, yes. Isn't it like her take on it? Yeah, I don't know if I want to watch it. I think it's kind of her take on it. She's going to tell the truth or whatever. I don't think she does. I mean, I, I don't know that I want to watch it. It's kind of sometimes. I just don't support certain things because I just think, eh, 
you know, it's like, no, I don't want to like give her another somebody else watching her thing. <laughs> I mean, because what I heard though was from people that watched it was it was just all a bunch of hype kind of. It's just more her, more narcissistic crap, whatever. So I didn't follow the original trial because I was I was on the radio at the time, and there's other things that was my job to cover, so I missed that yeah. one, and I'd stayed out of it. So if I ever wanted to go back, I, I really don't know anything about it. Somebody came to me, and they said that they did watch that Netflix uh, documentary, and it made them think. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should have watched it. I just, the whole thing, I find, look, I don't know what happened. All I know, this is all I know. I never, I never had kids. Okay, the closest thing I can come to is pets. You know, I've had pets, and I know that's not a child, but that's the closest thing I can come to. And I've lost pets, and I just go crazy, crazy to find them. Like calling everybody, running around town, you know, calling anybody I can think of, walking the streets, looking, looking, looking. So I think, how could she? How could her daughter be gone for almost a month? That's just like, what? I I can't wrap my mind around, unless she knew, knew, I mean, why she was gone. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't wrap my mind around that. Where, oh, I was trying to get her back. Yeah, okay. I don't know. But didn't call the police. You know, her mom finally called the police. So it's like just crazy. I don't know. It's I'm gonna horrible. have to. I'm gonna have to. I don't know. I need to watch a video or something summing up the trial. You know, like an Anthony yeah. Casey would, Anthony, you know, point of view. Then I need to yeah. watch her documentary because I really. Yeah, I don't know maybe I will else. watch it. I don't know. I've caught parts of it, the documentary, but it just she just infuriates me. But there you go. It's not right of me to feel that way because I mean she did have a court hearing and she did get off, but. I don't know. You know, sometimes it's really hard to look at these crimes. That, it's really hard yeah. to look at these crimes that deal with children. Oh, that's that one was just but awful. From what like, I did, from what I did, I do know about it. And I think I heard this today. You know, part of it today is she got off because of reasonable doubt that was raised about the involvement of her father. But st- right, st- she, yeah. But nothing ever happened to her father. Right. Now, you you realize he was ex. Now, I don't know exactly, but he was in the law enforcement at some time in his life. Okay. And I always remember that. He was law enforcement somehow, sometime in his life. So that kind of leads me to believe, I don't know, did he have ends with, you know, certain people? You know that old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Or the thin blue line. You know, the thin blue line. Yeah, so... I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just, but anyway, that I wanted to say that it's kind of fascinating me. What I'm fascinated about is I think it's because of our technological advances, meaning things can happen. And in five seconds, we know about them. We have pictures on YouTube or wherever it's all over the internet. Pictures, videos, you and know. 15 different people talking oh, about yeah. it that don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. But within seconds, it get, boom, it's, and I think it's making it seem like it's a worse world than it ever has been. I don't necessarily think it is. I just think we have such access to all the bad stuff that happens. You know, you don't you really know, ever hear about the good stuff, right? You might want to check out the article I wrote. I'll put it up there for people to look at about murdering mothers. Because I had the same 
initially I'd have the same thoughts as you did, but you know, when I research these articles, I actually go by statistics and statistically you actually see that things are getting worse. I do agree with you that we haven't heard about things before because we didn't have the access to it. We didn't know what was going on in Des Moines, Iowa or Idaho, unless you're from those places. Or or it might be a a couple of weeks later or a couple of days. It would be some time. There would be some time before you heard all this stuff. But I hear, well, but okay, actually years looking ago, at the statistics from the government, uh, you see it is getting worse. Yeah. Well, years ago, a scientist, this is a long time ago, can't remember his name or anything, he did a study where he, he had rats in a cage with food and resources and everything they needed for the amount of rats. And he kept adding more rats to the cage and no more resources were added, no more space was added. And so the rats, of course, would start to get violent, start hurting each other, and then eventually more rats added, start killing each other, and then actually start eating each other because he didn't add more resources, so there wasn't enough food. And this is way back when they could get away with this horrible thing. But um, I kind of, in a way, feel like that's what's happening to society. Uh, There's just... our society is made, especially American society, I feel, people want so much stuff, like expensive cell phones and two or three cars and just expensive stuff, more and more stuff. And it's, you can't, you can, they can't make enough money to support, yeah, you know, the lifestyle. So do, I think you it's know kind what of the typical like, cell phone bill, do you know what the typical cell phone bill for a family is? And by family, I mean for a man and a woman. I don't mean the I teens. Don't, I don't. $200 a month. Wow. Yeah, I pay 60 and I think that's too much. But I have a job. I have to have a phone. You know, if I didn't have a, I don't know that I would have it. I think I'd have some cheapy DP. You know, I don't know. But I have to have certain stuff, you know, when you work. But here we go again with the resources. Like, yeah, I got a good job. But now you have these demands on you where you have to. I know here where we're at. Way. I'm living the American dream of yeah. barely getting by. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, especially now with the the grocery stores. I don't know how families do it. I will, but I have noticed over the past year, I went to several get-togethers, like, oh, where I live, they have a get-together, like a buffet once a year, and they haven't had it because of COVID. But this time, there's very little meat. It's like they did have meat in the food, but it was little, like little pieces. It wasn't like cooked big roast or anything, and like in the past, people would roast and stuff. So life is life is changing, you know. Which you know, that's a. I mean, it, it is what it is, right? I I don't know, but uh, we're all in this roller coaster. I, and we're going downhill. Well, you know, it's funny you should say roller coaster because I believe yes that that's what this is. It's kind of like we're on this. Uh, celestial or whatever roller coaster we're all in it together we're all on the roller coaster and our only job is to hang on because once you if you don't hang on then you're you know you're off the roller coaster which you know dead you don't want to be that right so it's to hang on and help other people hang on because it's going to be terrifying and happy and all the things like roller coasters but it's all good it's kind of like a tapestry if you didn't have the really dark covered colors, it wouldn't bring out the really light colors, which would be happiness versus 
horrific things, but I don't know. This Idaho thing just, just like I, wrapping my mind around it. I just, I know it happened, but I'm just going, this is like, I don't know. Unreal, it seems unreal. It I mean, it kind of does sting of Bundy a bit, but this guy, okay, I know uh, Colberger had some, he was supposedly not socially so great. But hey, you know, he's a college degree, he's moving up in the world, you know. I mean, I'm sure there's places you can go to learn about social graces or I don't know. Maybe he's on the autism spectrum, I don't know. Wow, to kill, I don't know. It's just mind-boggling. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to turn out because in this world we live in. we got a long way in, to wait, don't we? we got six more months for the trial. Isn't that right? And then, well, I read something, and I was working, and I couldn't investigate it. Something about that the, what, the June thing has been put off. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I was going to investigate it, but I got busy. Well, that's been uh, either uh, delayed or put off, but I haven't heard it anywhere else. I just heard it from one thing that popped up on my phone. So I don't know that it's true. You know, because usually you would be hearing this all over the place, right? Everybody would be saying, oh, gosh, they delayed the, you know, June thing, the hearing or when the trial. Yeah, we would I don't think know. we'll have a trial. It's going to be years. Because they're going to ask for a change of venue right away. That's what I would do. Change of venue. Boom. And I don't know what else. So it, it, they're just going to stall, stall, stall until they offer him take the death penalty off the table. But I don't know that they would ever do that. I don't know. It's so horrific. But the thing is, if they keep the death penalty, they might lose the case. Because I don't buy a lot of this, um, the technology, they're saying, oh, well, his phone was right there at the house. Well, you know what, if you, you've watched a lot of court hearings, and okay, so the defense has their experts, and the prosecution has their experts, and those experts all seem really good. That's the reason why I'm interested in this genre at all. It's, it has nothing to do with anything except this one point, and you'll notice uh -huh. that all my other stories have the same issue. Somebody, uh -huh. it's when you go to the trial, you'll have the experts on the defense side, but first you always hear from the, from the prosecution first, and they will convince you that this man did it. Uh, he's guilty yeah. as the day is long and there's no other person, no other way. And then you go to the defense and I'll be damned if mm -hmm. you listen to that and they convince you right. that it was him. Uh, that it wasn't right. him and it could not have been right. him. And these people don't know what they're talking about. And you're like, holy crap, uh, yeah. it's the same issue. Someone has to be lying or misrepresenting stuff. Right. But they can talk you yeah. into it. And it's oh. the same way with like the, you know, the flat earth and around earth and the hollow earth. Yes. And the, yes. So fascinating. Yes. Uh -huh. So it's like, it's yes. It, it's, so it's not even a trial about the issue, whatever is on trial. It's a trial of the experts, if you really want. That's what I think. It's a trial of the experts. They either bore everybody to death, which kind of happened in O.J. Simpson. You know what I mean? Some of those experts say it were so boring. I think they, the jury just got, like, comatose. 
and they'll either bore you to death or you just won't know who to believe because they're both so good. The experts are so good. You're going, I don't know. They seem convincing. So it's think, almost like an yeah. illusion. Well, yeah. This person knows. And I, and what do we know? You know, you do what you do and I do what right. I do. And I'm not an expert in that, but like, man, this is just so damn convincing. Right, right. It is. It is. You're absolutely right. And it's just, so that's what I mean. It's a, it's a trial of the experts. Whoever has the, okay, so let's take Johnny Depp trial. I don't know if you watched that. I, that's another one I watched all that the time. That one we did I, watch. And I'm telling you that was interesting watch. to me because I played it in front of some guys one time and they were like, when it came to Amber Heard, getting up there and testifying, yeah. they all got really uncomfortable and just left. I'm like, this is funny. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, that was just fascinating. And, okay, so in that trial, one of his experts that turned that case, it was already going towards him, but it was kind of on the fence, was that, I forget, was she a psychologist? She was the one with the hair up. She had her hair up. She was very attractive, but it was kind of spilling down. And uh, she was very good. She was very smart. And she made sense. And she didn't talk down to people. She talked to you. So, yeah, people really liked her. It was basically an expert about saying that Amber Heard had all these problems. So the point I'm making is, see, there's an expert. You went on the experts. like, And then she had an expert that kind of people were making fun of. Remember the guy that... He, I don't know. He just, he was different. I forget. He was an, I think he was a psychologist too, but he, he was not believable. I mean, he seemed kind of different and, uh, he helped lose the case, but, and that shouldn't have been, the, that should not have been the case. That shouldn't have anything to do with it, but I guess we're just all human, you know? And, um, you know, and it wasn't about Hollywood people and, I don't know. That was a fascinating case. I just, I was, and that was shocked me how that turned out. Really, I was just going wow because I'm in the that industry, the domestic violence industry. So I found it very fascinating, you know, uh, to watch. And I really thought, oh boy, he's he's in for it. But no, he pulled it out of the bag. But he had tons of money. So there you go. I heard an interesting theory lately that I, you know, I'm still in the process of trying to vet it, but I guess I'll go ahead and tell you guys tonight. Let me pull mm -hmm. it. Let me pull it up here, and it it relates to this. I got to pull up these pictures here. You know, there was some speculation that Brian was adopted. Oh, okay. Have you guys heard that? No, but you know, there I. I there's something in the woodpile, if you know what I mean. Because, I mean, there's something. Like, for instance, when they went back in Dahmer's history, in his childhood, they kind of dug up some things. Like, I think his parents got divorced, and he kind of felt abandoned, and he would kill animals when he was young, and he would, I don't know, play with the bones. I don't know what he did. But, uh, you know, a lot of kind of weird, you know, whoa. I mean... So I'm thinking there's stuff in Coburgers. There's something. I'm trying to bring up, and uh, or maybe I don't know. I'd hate to say it. I'm not trying to 
you know, yeah. say anything bad about Cole, Cole Berger's mother, but yeah. I, I heard this rumor. I checked it out, and I saw it. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I look at the picture of the father who they say might be the father, and I think this might be possibly true. I'm trying to get a good picture of it right oh. now. There we go. Huh. Okay, I'll show you guys right now. Oh, you got it up right now? Okay, I'm, here, I'm, I'm going go to go to. Okay, but I'll leave the volume down. Okay. Of course. Oh, come on. Trying to. Of course, I. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm almost there. That's okay because when my TV, when I put it on hold like that, then it goes totally off. And you know what I mean? I have to go find the channel again. So I may have to just find it later and look at it. I don't know why I'm having so much know. issues with this right now. Because you want it to happen. Because I want and it to isn't happen. that always the way? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like at work when you're trying to find a certain thing on the computer, blah, blah, blah. It's like hard. And then I have it. I have it. You go right to it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So I got his picture. Now I'm going to try to pull up Cole Berger's picture to compare it. Okay. Okay, I'm back. Okay, let me do that. Ah, oh, here we go. All right, I'm about to put it together. Okay. Here, I fell. Okay, I'm back. There we go. All right, let me I try got mine here. Back. All right, and then, okay, I muted it, unmuted. Okay, I got it. All right. Oh, but. I haven't showed it yet. I'm trying to line it up because I got to get their picture side by side. And I'm telling okay. you, there's a striking resemblance. In well, I saw two pictures somewhere on on one of the ta- oh, chat things, you know, Idaho chat, one of them, I don't know. And it was two guys looked. I don't know if they were both Coburger or if one of them was someone else in Cobert. So I'm wondering if this is the picture you're going to show me. All right, I got it up I right now. Get it. This is okay. breaking. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bill Nye, the science guy. Well, he's, I used to love watching him. I still do if I catch some of his stuff. Oh. Oh, you think that's? <laughs> I'm just Did saying. Did you know him? Are you saying? Are you being serious? Is this kind of a joke? Because I mean, I, well, I, I hate Bill Nye on a personal level. I know the man don't like oh, him. Oh. Dolph Lundgren has more oh. education than Bill Nye, but I do say they look oh. very identical. Well, they look a lot. Yeah, I know. I, that's I, I don't think the the resemblance <laughs> can't be denied. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I saw the father. Uh, his father, yeah, it's supposed to be his father. I wonder what he looked like when he was younger. I'd like to know that, what he looked like. You know, the father. But, you know, I, I hope Kohlberger gets a fair trial, which he will, because the whole universe is watching, you know, which is great. But in reality, he's, they're probably going to bend over too much. You understand what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think, I don't know, this is going to be a trial, like, I. It's going to be worse than O.J. Simpson. Yeah, and I don't know exactly why, (laughs) but I know it will be. I think it, because it deals, oh my gosh. The biggest fear, the father did hit it right on the head. I think about this almost every time I go to bed at night. 
that people die doing something everybody does, which going is going to bed at night and going to sleep. Now, I know supposedly they weren't all asleep. Oh, but um, they were close. Every, yeah, everybody goes to bed in their bed thinking, okay, and then you get stabbed to death. It's like now I did I did hear something about a serial killer in the Midwest years ago, like in the thirties or something. He killed a family of eight by stabbing them. But the police figured out, and it was like a one-room house in the Midwest. You know, people used to, like, cram themselves into houses, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, they figured out that he would hit him in the head with a hammer or something like that and disabled him and then went back and stabbed him. And that's how they got all eight. And there was no noise. I mean... Uh, it, and it happened so quickly, so you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just horrific. But I love your show. I think it's great. I love watching it. Whenever I, I'm so glad I actually got a live one because usually I end up getting a live one that's actually pre-recorded. So, 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 I'll keep catching you whenever I can. Thank you for calling. I appreciate talking with you. All right. Well, thank you. You have a good night. You too. Bye bye. I'd like to thank her for calling. Now shut the phone line off. Uh, Somebody got a message through. Let's see. All right. Thank you. Thank you for calling. I appreciate all you guys I was able to talk to tonight. Please don't dream about Bill Nye. I'm going to play a little bit more of this Murdoch trial. Um, This is where the police actually interviewed him at the scene at the time. This just dropped today. I'm going to play a little bit of it. For you guys right now. And sir, what was your name? Yeah, Danny Anderson. Okay. All right. Um, as I stated, I'm David Owen, and uh, Laura Rutland with Collington County, and I'm a sled. I hate to have to do this. I understand. I totally understand. So you don't, you don't have any problem with it. So, um, just start the top, take your time. Um, like when I came back here, Mm -hmm. I mean, I pulled up and I could see him and, you know, I knew something was bad. I ran out. I knew it was really bad. <laughs> my, my boy over there, I could see it was. <laughs> I'm looking for tears. <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes so you guys can watch it. <laughs> and I could see his brain on his. Trigger warning now. <laughs> and I ran over to Maggie. And uh, actually, I think I tried to turn Paul over first. Um, uh, you know, I tried to turn him over, and uh, I don't know. I figured it out. Um, uh, his cell phone popped out of his pocket. I started to try to do something with it, 
thinking maybe, but then I put it back down really quickly. Um, then I went to my wife, and I, I mean, I could see. Mm -hmm. mm, Did you touch Maggie at all? I did. I touched them both. Okay. I tried to take, I mean, I tried to do it as limited as possible, mm -hmm. but I, I tried to take their pulse on both of them. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, um, and no you know, I called 911 um, pretty much right away, and she was very good. Um, <clears throat> I talked to her. Um, I told her I was going to get off the phone to call some family members. <coughs> I did that. Um, and, um... What family members did you call? Either? I called my brother Randy. And I called my brother you didn't John. Call the cops first, did you? We heard that 911 and I tried to call Yesterday. a little boy, real good friend that's right around the corner from here, but I didn't get him. Okay. <clears throat> what all was around um, Paul when you walked up? Blood. Any, any other, anything else? I mean, there was somebody. Hey, guys. So thank you guys for joining me for another night. We've been on about two and a half hours now. Usually my limit is two, but I normally do one. I'd like to thank you guys for joining me again. If you're interested in a membership, where you can join our Discord, where you get free exclusive videos and live streams, then you can join. Midnighter level is $4.99 and... If you're a writer and you want to join our writing class, that is $9.99 a month. Guys, if you want more information about that, click the join button. If you'd like to help contribute, you can do a super sticker or a super chat or a, or the one where you give thanks. Give thanks right under the video. Appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. All the proceeds from this go into our radio music license. On that note, before every show, we do a, we're doing a live stream right now. A live pre-show, audio-only music radio stream to pump you guys up for the show. If you want to join us, that would be awesome. The next time we have one, I will let you know. Maybe tomorrow morning when I go live, I'll let you guys know real soon. Thank you. Until next time, all my best. <laughs>